Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. This week, Radio Curious visits the West Coast port shutdown, so stay tuned as we occupy your radio. In response to the attempts to end Occupy movements in different parts of the United States beginning in November 2011, local people in and near West Coast seaports on Monday, December 12, 2011, gathered to occupy their local port. Christina Anastad, assistant producer of Radio Curious, went to the Port of Oakland, where she met with and interviewed organizers, participants, and bystanders. Her journey that day began at 5.30 a.m., a cold Monday morning, at the West Oakland BART station. The first person with whom she spoke was a woman cloaked in a bright blue tarp with the words, The People's Tarp, inscribed thereon. Before we hear the voice of this woman, it is important to remember that TARP is an acronym for the United States government's Troubled Asset Relief Program, established to purchase assets and equity from financial institutions purportedly to strengthen its financial sector to address the subprime mortgage crisis. TARP originally authorized $700 billion in 2008 to cover unorthodox real estate loans. 50-year-old Karen Mackley from San Jose, California, wore what she calls the people's tarp. I'm wearing a tarp. It says the people's tarp. Um, and the reason I'm, I'm making this, well, this is what we get. Okay, we were the people, we paid our taxes, we paid our mortgages, okay? The, the banks created a housing bubble, we did not, okay? They, they took away our savings, they took away our pensions, then we gave them our bailout money. And what did we get? We get a, a tarp, okay? And now the police want to take the tarps away, they took our tents away. And this is the people's tarp, T-A-R-P been a part of the Occupy movement? Um, yes, I have. Unfortunately, I'm not homeless, but I got to know a lot of people who are. I have some friends out here who've been homeless um, in the past, one who had an eight-year-old sitting on the streets. When we were in San Jose, we saw people who had children who were, who were homeless. Um, and it was a nice place to come together and, um, and, and to have it seen by people who, are, <laughs> who wear business suits. And you know what? I don't have anything against people in business suits but they don't want to see it, so they were scooping it off the sidewalk. And then it goes back into the creek. Have you been impacted, foreclosed, or anything like that? Um, everybody knows somebody who has. Everybody does. Friends, neighbors, relatives. I, I've been impacted just by watching my friends lose things. Alejandro Tanaga was one of three people carrying a large sign that read Unite and Fight. He's one of the organizers of the Oakland Port Shutdown and is with the International Socialist Organization. He said the West Coast port shutdown was in response to the Department of Homeland Security's coordinated attacks against Occupy movements across the country. In every single major city, it's been shut down with police brutality. And not only that, the majority of all the cities where the Occupy was shut down was controlled by Democratic Party machines. And I think that being here today shows that we are for an alternative form of politics that pisses democracy back in the streets and not a fake democracy in the ballot box. 
the slogan is Wall, shut down Wall Street on the waterfront. What, what does that mean? Because of the fact that in order for the 1% to get their profits, products have to move. The port here in Oakland is the fifth biggest port in the United States where the products go through. And also by shutting down the entire western coast, it prevents on-time next-day delivery, which a lot of corporations rely on, such as Walmart and Target, especially during the holiday season. And what's the significance of that? Well, we're doing it mostly in part to shut down the profits of the 1%, at least for a day. We're also trying to build links with labor. And we're also in solidarity with the longshore workers up in Washington that are trying to shut down the non-union port that is run by EGT. Because if we don't stop them now, then every single ILWU local up and down the West Coast will be under attack because all their contracts are up in one year. And the port truckers too, the port workers. Well, the port workers, it's a massive show of solidarity and sacrifice in their parts because a lot of them are non-union, they're independent contractors and they're immigrants. But because we're organizing with them and we did weeks, if not a month of outreach, I think a lot of them are on our side. And I think all the horns honking and a lot of the truckers coming out giving us high fives shows that. Uh, anything else you want to add? I just think that for people that have not been to an occupation or a protest movement, this is the time to do it. There's nothing but hope. There's nothing but optimism. And so if you've been really depressed and feel isolated for the last couple of years, now's the time to get out in the streets. Port truck workers in Oakland have long sought to increase their quality of working conditions, including the right to unionize. Largely immigrants, port truck workers are the bottom pay scale wage earners at the Port of Oakland. The company they contract for is partly owned by Goldman Sachs. As we got closer to the port, you could see port truckers and their big rigs lined down the road waiting to go to work. But business as usual was stopped at its feet by 6 in the morning. Some truckers honked as port occupiers marched on to shut down the port of Oakland. Mohammed Khan and his uncle are port truckers. They were standing outside of their trucks and cheering the marchers on. You can't have the union, but without the union, we not can get our right because in the port, they don't treat us good at all. The people have a union, they misuse their power against the driver. So they, they, everybody says they, they are the 99% of working. Union worker, no, they are not 99%. They make tons of money than us. We are those suffering, the drivers. So they are not suffering, we suffering. What are the working conditions that you want to see uh, increased in quality? You go inside, like pull out now, like we have to pull out one load, and we have to spend like more than three or four hours to get in and out. If somebody have an appointment in Sacramento, like nine o'clock, and like us, we already nine o'clock or since five o'clock, we wait in a line, but we cannot make our appointment. But we cannot make ever to make our appointment, who gonna suffer? We are drivers. Because when we go over there, they, they don't give us the standby time, no nothing. Reason is the behind the port. What do you make an hour? We know we make it by the trip. We don't make it by an hour. So the longer it the, takes you to make your trip, the trip, less you make per hour. Less per hour and less trip. Like if we cannot make able to two trips per day, that means we don't take nothing to our home for our children. A difficult for the family now these days and the poor people start working like that. Yeah. And you're an independent contractor? We are an independent contractor. And uh, what do you want to see happen? What do we want? We want to, like people like at least think about the driver too. 
like the driver we working then we were able to make money and take the home some money like everybody work for the family just like them we are working outside they're working inside we have to take the load and they are we able to take food and everything for our children if we know able to do it are we able to do like pay the payments like a house payment or rent and everything and affecting the society what's some of the lowest amount you've made as a trucker trucker like is so much you cannot say like how much amount is it because amount doesn't matter in one time you make one week is the good next week like last week we work only three days so as a trucker we have expenses it doesn't matter truck move or not move we have to pay those are expensive what and if it? we does not work so we pay from our pocket at the end of the month if we work like only like maybe 18 days we still pay all the expenses and what we make nothing so you want, what do you want? You want an hourly wage? You want a salary? What are you asking for? Benefits? You know, there's never going to be any benefit us or anything, but at least people who work at the port, they start thinking about the driver. Driver make a trip, then they're going to make a money. If we don't make a trip, we're not going to make money. It doesn't matter like from here, we have to go even Harvard or Fresno or anywhere. If we make one trip with $100, $500 a week, who can survive? Nobody can survive. Yeah, Diesel yeah. prices, bridge, bridge money, tow money, how big is it? $18 for trucker. You're a port trucker? Port yeah, we work yeah. at a port, yeah. We the work port. at a, yeah, we move the container. And uh, what is the port? Is that big money here? What, I mean... Yeah, of course they have big money. What if somebody, somebody only checking the tire and they're making like $35 an hour, so that means there's a big money there. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, good, man. It seems like I'm the famous then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what are, you, what are you feeling right now? It's good. I'm glad that people come over here, yeah. Why? Aren't you a trucker? I'm a trucker, yeah. It's okay if I lose one day, but it's going to feel me good because I'm like them. As we were talking, a Fox News anchor approached Mohammed to talk with him and ask him about protesters, in which he replied the rally made him feel good and supported. But not every port trucker shared Khan's sentiment. Juan Mejia was standing outside of his rig wearing a tattered green fluorescent vest. We independent contractors, okay? Who could pay me my day today? Nobody. What do you think about the people protesting here? Are you upset? Yes. Yes, I said. Because, you know, they're going to guest on us, not to the port. Okay. It's going to impact you also. You, you won't have work. Yeah, that's why. They, why are they doing here? They, 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 why are they coming but us? We're not, body, we're not going by you guys, you know. We're not going by these people, you know. We work, you know. We work every day, a single day, you know. We, not, we don't have any insurance. We don't get insurance. We don't have any uh, medical insurance. We have to pay our own stuff, you know, our own taxes. So why they coming by us, you know? One law makes way different to, for, for us, you know? You know, for me, I already, I, I owe part of my money for my rent. And already a week, a, a week, a week behind, I still owe money for my rent, you know? Because I'm the, I'm the, I'm the head house in my house. My wife's not working. They're not coming to, with, with us. They're coming with, to the play with the people in the poor, not with us. You know, we independent contractors, you know, they affect us, not the people in the poor. Right now, people working, they get paid. The people working, the, 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 the people work inside the port, they get paid, you know what I'm saying? So why are they coming by us? You know, they, they go by the people for work, you know, go to the 
Go to the, over there to the, what do you call them? The, uh, I, think, I think they're going over <laughs> there to tell them to give you guys a better, a better wage. Uh, they don't give you a better wage because we independent contract, we work for the companies. You know, we work for the companies. Customer pay. You know, customer pay how we, we how they are, how much they pay for the loan. They, the SSA, they don't, have, they don't have nothing to do. So you're almost, you're almost short on your rent. Why do you even work here if you, if the, you can't even afford to pay your rent off? What you make? Because I'm the, I'm the only person who work in my house. You know, and plus I have to take care of my truck. You know, my truck went broke. You know, I have to pay my own mechanic. I have to pay my own tire. And I need that money. You know, I need a hundred dollars. I go make. I need a hundred dollars. You know, go protest Thank over there. Now we're here. Thank you. We know we don't got nothing to do. Over there to the people, the hair house. Right now, these people drink coffee. You know, over there, the people, the office, the SSA. What do you think about unionizing? Haven't you guys tried to unionize? Oh no, I hate that thing. I hate that thing. That's coming behind. That's coming. Uh, her art thing. No, we better like that. Thank you. As the march got closer to the port entrance, people split to blockade one location and another group headed forward to blockade another entrance. By six in the morning, three port entrances were blocked. Activists occupied the street and chanted and set up tents, preparing for a long day at the Port of Oakland. A group of women held a sign and chanted anti-capitalist slogans. One woman holding the sign, Basha Holloway, had a little baby strapped to her back and a leopard-printed bandana across her face. What does your sign say? Uh, our sign says, feminists and queers against capitalism. All right. What does that mean to you? Why are you here? Uh, well, I'm a feminist queer and uh, definitely protesting against the capitalist system, which supports 1% of the population to hold most of the resources. And what does that have to do with occupying the Port of Oakland? Uh, Port of Oakland is a multi-billion dollar industry here in Oakland and workers' rights are not being respected through the longshoremen. We're here in solidarity with them and also to uh, exert our power as the 99% in showing that this capitalist system doesn't work and until there's some sort of reform, we'll continue to occupy public spaces and shut down commerce. And you brought your child with you. Yes. You got a baby strapped on your back. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, how old is she? 21 months. 21 months. And why did you choose to bring your child? Uh, I, I'm of the notion that the personal is political and family values start at home. So as a feminist queer, uh, protesting is a part of our uh, family time together. So it's important to me that she understands how movements are built. And uh, I think that bringing children into protest spaces is particularly important uh, in curtailing police violence because they're much less likely to fire when they see children in a crowd. Jeez, I don't know what else to ask. Is there <laughs> anything else you want to say? Uh, continue to occupy. <laughs> in this edition of Radio Curious, our assistant producer, Christina Anastat, visits with participants in the movement to occupy the Port of Oakland, California, on December 12, 2011. I'm Barry Vogel, host and producer of Radio Curious. I met a man named Pete with a sign reading, I support ILWU workers. Pete's a union sailor, a merchant marine, and he said he was there to support the Longshore Workers Union in Washington State and port truckers in Oakland wanting to form unions. I'm here to support labor. Uh, my primary concern 
is that um, the ILWU is being broken up in Longview, Washington. Uh, they're trying to break it anyway uh, by uh, EGT, which is an international union busting company. They've tried to create uh, non-union labor at the port of Longview, and that's threatening the uh, ILWU jurisdiction. It's going to be a foot in the, in the door of their jurisdiction all up and down the coast. And the ILWU has always stood for the most militant and progressive um, perspective in the labor movement. It's the tie between the community and social justice movements and, and labor. And so we can't allow uh, that to take place, that union busting up in Longview. So we're here in solidarity with uh, Local 21 and also in solidarity with these truckers. Uh, a lot of these guys want to be in a union. They can't be in a union. Uh, labor laws are being manipulated to force them into being independent contractors. And when they're independent contractors, they don't get the, uh, the wages and the benefits uh, that they're due as employees. And they have no job security. And, uh, and they don't have any representation. So we want to change that. We want to give them their rights to organize. And uh, this whole theme is Wall Street on the waterfront. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, that's, that's true. Uh, Wall Street is very much here on the waterfront. In fact, the uh, Stevedoring Systems of America, which is the uh, stevedoring company that, that manages all the work on these docks, is majority owned by Goldman Sachs, which is uh, probably the worst company in the world. <laughs> so this is definitely uh, extending our anger with Wall Street and with the capitalist system here to the docks. How long have you been a sailor? Uh, Merchant Marine. I first shipped out in 1969. Thank you. Sure, you're welcome. The ILWU did not endorse the day's actions, but by 9 a.m., longshore workers were told to go home for the day. That sparked some criticism about who organized the port shutdown without support from the ILWU, though some union members organized the day's actions. Kazoo Studios is a union worker from San Francisco. She came to shut down the port. We're here with the feminist block. So what brings you to uh, the Port of Oakland? Uh, I wanted to stand in solidarity with port workers who are not having fair contracts and are being their right to assemble is being taken away. Um, I'm a, a union member for San Francisco Rec and Park, and our rights are constantly being dismantled and I think it's important for people to start standing up and supporting each other, making the union strong again, uh, taking down this system. Why is it important for feminists to be here? I think that the system that we are all experiencing um, disenfranchisement from is a patriarchal system. I think the system of capitalism is a patriarchal system and that patriarchy is suppressing people's rights for the profit of a few corporations, a few people. So the feminists are, the femi feminism brings a, an alternative, it brings a different perspective, a way of organizing for the greater good of the community rather than the greater good of the male-dominated society. I'm here because basically I feel like there's a problem and there's something that we need to do about it. 28-year-old Jessica Hawley was holding a sign about education and tuition hikes. But the problem has been so like far advanced that there are multiple issues and now you know it's going to be kind of complex process trying to deal with them. So as a people, I think it's wonderful that we're coming together as a community to discuss those issues. Because in a democracy, 
where it's by the people, for the people, it only works if the people are talking to each other. And where the sense of community is typically lost, Occupy is making the community be more responsible and come out and see that we're not going to be able to point fingers and say it's not our job or it's not our fault and throw money at the problem because it obviously hasn't worked over, I don't know, 200 years. So, you know, it's time to try something new. And so that's why I'm out here because people are trying something new. Your sign says students against ridiculous tuition. I, I thought, thought education it was a right. Yeah, it's um, a part of our state constitution, especially in California, that education is a right and not a privilege. However, it doesn't specify the length at, with that ed at what that education will be free or at what quality education will be free. So, you know, people need to familiarize themselves, educate themselves about the law, and then when they find that something is um, unjust, that they need to speak up and not be so jaded or complacent in the current lifestyle that they feel like, you know, that's how it is. What are you going to do? What you're going to do, like millions of other Americans have done over the history of this country and keep the spirit of revolution alive and remind the powers that be that we do preserve the spirit of revolution so that, you know, if they ever get oppressive or out of hand, that it's our responsibility to hold them accountable. So what's ridiculous tuition? I think ridiculous tuition is $36 a unit, it is $42 a unit, especially when you're cutting over 80% of available classes and services, when you're laying off teachers and when you're giving like textbooks that are 10 years old. There are people in the elementary school that I went to who are using the same textbook as me in Oakland, and that's problematic. I'm 28 years old. In the second grade, you should have a new book by now. So it's to the point to where we're not actually sufficiently educating our youth. We're looking towards like some idiocracy society where, you know, we are not educated, and I could just imagine the state of affairs then. Like, have you seen the movie? Are we going to really water our crops with Gatorade because we don't know any better and we become victims of, capital, of capitalism and marketing strategies? So, you know, I'm like... I think it's ridiculous when you charge people for an education, period, especially because if society, if our youth is not educated, who's going to run society later? Who's going to be the president? Any, anything else you want to add? I just think that more people should come out. We can't do it by ourselves. And if you leave a small group of people to fight for you and make decisions for you, that's no different than the status quo we're fighting against. And so if you're at home yelling at your TV and yelling at your radio and watching uh, Glenn Beck and Bill O'Reilly and Keith Overman and you're all pissed off and yelling at the TV then come down here and talk to people who you know share your same frustrations and realize that you're not alone and there are options. Thank you. On my way out I met Shake Anderson who was just arriving. What brings you here? Uh, to protest, to, to bring light to the fact that uh, there's people still hurting with jobs, there's still million dollar corporations that's taken away from the, uh, the general population to protest against hum basic crimes against humanity. Like, the truth is, every human deserves food, shelter, and a safe place to communicate and to share ideas. And we are not providing that for no one in the world based upon a small group of people that control a lot of, of the population, of the money of the population. I mean, something in between the resource that we have, which is, which is all of what's on earth is resources, is the money. And the money's in between the resources, and that's why people are starving. So I'm here for humanity. I'm here for the fact that we need to make a change. And without an active, proactive effort upon the people that control everything, because you know with people in power, they don't have to do anything. That's the point. If they don't have to do anything, they won't. So this is going to bring light, hopefully, and make some kind of change. If we don't do it proactively, it'll never happen. What kind of change do you want to see? I want to see a resource-based economy. I want to see an economy where there's no money, we just share each other's resources. Where there's no hierarchy, there's everybody has a, it shares each other's resources. If it's, it's a, if it's a supply, meaning that we need it, the demand is met by the resources of the entire planet, evenly distributed throughout the world so that no one's starving, everybody has a certain standard of living that's acceptable for all humanity. Make the 
Omar Yassin, a blogger, was also at the Port of Oakland shutdown. His blog's name is Hyphenated Republic, and he told me he's been a part of the Occupy Oakland movement since day one. He said he was a skeptic at first, but he's not anymore. I'm here to support this amazing shutdown of the port in Oakland, in Los Angeles, in Seattle, all the solidarity shutdowns all across the country. Beautiful faces supporting truckers' right to fair wages and fair jobs and health benefits. And for really just to draw the link between labor, the unemployed, and non-union um, oh, non uh, workers. And there's some of that of everything here. We're all represented here. And have you been a part of the Occupy move, Occupy Oakland movement? I have been, actually. For how um, long? Well, I started coming out the first day. Uh, I'm a blogger, actually, and I wanted to write about it. But as I wrote more and more about it, I discovered that when the camp was there, there was an incredible dynamic happening there that I wanted, really wanted to be a part of. It wasn't only a political act. It was sort of contesting ideas of what a society should be. And for a little while there, it was the most economically and ethnically diverse block in Oakland. And I think that alone was a real amazing political message, that we could all work together, homeless people, people out of work, people in unions, uh, people with PhDs, people with no education whatsoever, that we could all come together and do things together and learn from each other. And uh, so... You know, we, we had a camp and it was destroyed. We rebuilt it and it was destroyed. And we've been trying to come back ever since. But all these people here also see the beauty in that. And a lot of the people that I got to know as friends and family are also here. So it's actually kind of emotional for me. It's a real thing. What attracted you to even check out Occupy Oakland as a blogger? And well, I was skeptical person. about it. Uh, I thought that maybe it wasn't very diverse. And that was my complaint about Occupy Wall Street, and I think it was true in the beginning in Occupy Wall Street. But it wasn't true in Occupy Oakland, because they never prevented people from coming into the camp. They let anyone who wanted to come into the camp, and of course, a lot of the people who are out of work and are homeless in that area are people of color, and they gravitated towards the camp, and they became part of the camp. So it was a lot more diverse and a lot, in a lot more diverse way, economically, than a lot of the other Occupies. What's your blog? Hyphenated Republic. So, it's all good. Anything else you want to add? Just, I'm sure you'll, you're going to be able to express how amazing this is. It's 5.30 in the morning. And we've still got the, the another port, uh, another action later on in the day. And so to get this many people out before the crack of dawn, is, it's just every time I think we're done, we just get more and more power. So it's really beautiful. The West Coast port shutdown held actions at every port along the West Coast, from Alaska to San Diego, California. In this edition of Radio Curious, our assistant producer, Christina Anastat, occupied your radio receiver with voices recorded on December 12, 2011, at the occupation of the Port of Oakland, California. The books Christina Anastat recommends are Pronoia is the Antidote of Paranoia, How the Whole World is Conspiring to Shower You with Blessings by Rob Bresney, and Angry Women, 
by Andrea Juno. All editions of Radio Curious are free for anyone, anywhere, to listen, download, and enjoy. There are about 400 archive editions on our website, www.radiocurious.org. You may subscribe to our podcast at our website. Our email is curious at radiocurious.org. Snail mail is post office box 7, Ukiah, U-K-I-A-H, California, 95482. And the phone is 707-462-6541. You've been listening to Radio Curious. Christina Anastad is the associate producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.